Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello, everybody. This is Jan Elbert host of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast. Super excited to be back with you today for episode number 124 of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast. You know, I'm I'm just going to say that this podcast is, I guess, brought to you by a lady who loves the Lord. I love Jesus, and I just want to glorify him by talking about his word, his promises, and helping people to know his word better to believe his word more and to pray with just like some oomph behind it, you know, with some belief behind what we pray for. And I kind of do that one podcast episode at a time, one blog post at a time, one social media post at a time, um, you know, one prayer, one text, one actual old school handwritten letter, one email, one book at a time, all those things. I'm Jan Elbert, and I'm the author of The book, The Power of God's Will, 40 Days of God's Promises, which is a devotional available on Amazon. And I'm so very glad that you're here today joining me for this episode when we're going to take a look at um, the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 8. What a great portion of scripture that is to encourage us right where we are today. Yeah, it was written a long, long time ago. And yes, it still has applications for us in our right now at this moment walking around lives today. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump in. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 124. All right, the book of Joshua. You know, this book of the Bible, it's absolutely amazing. If you have not read it in a while or maybe ever, I just want to encourage you to go ahead and open up the Old Testament and read it. There are people who don't read that much of the Old Testament for a lot of reasons, but I personally, I've learned through the years that, um, man, there is a wealth, a wealth of wisdom and blessing and favor and understanding of who God is and a looking forward to the New Testament, to Jesus, all over the Old Testament. I've learned so much about who my God truly is by reading the Old Testament. And the book of Joshua... Oh, it's, a, it's, it's just so awesome. There's so much there. So I'm going to read Joshua chapter 8, verse 18, and I'm going to read from the Amplified today. Here's what it says. Then the Lord said to Joshua, reach out with the spear that is in your hand and point it toward Ai, for I will give it into your hand. So Joshua reached out with the spear in his hand and pointed it toward the city. All right. You might be kind of like, huh? Um, I'm not real sure, Jan, what, what are the promises here in, uh, in this verse? What, what's up? What's going on? Okay. Um, look, I'm, I'm 50 now. And if you know, have any of you, like any of my listeners 
remember like the Sally McMally quote. I'm just going to say it here and you might be like, what is she talking about? And that's okay. It's okay. Like I'm, I'm 50 now. I turned 50 a few months ago and I do sort of kind of feel like Sally McMally. I'm Sally McMally and I'm 50 and I can kick and I can stretch and I can kick. I'm 50. Okay. Look, the older I get, the older I get, the more I read my Bible, the more I find in the word of God, hope, the more I learn about his love, the more I see that his promises are all over the Bible, not just in like a handful of verses that we all kind of know really super duper well, but like all over the place. Like I can, I can find things now that bring me hope in the word of God that when I was younger, you know, maybe I didn't find that same degree of hope. Maybe I didn't need it. Maybe I wasn't older and facing some of the things that you think about when you get older. I'm 50, right? Like, I mean, seriously, I find things differently because I guess I need to. I guess I need to. But if I can find them now and then share them with you if you are younger, how awesome is that? Like, you don't need to wait around. Let somebody else who's a little bit older share some of what they've learned because, um, man, God is all about that. I really believe that. He really is about his church kind of encouraging and edifying one another. You know, iron sharpening iron is what we read in the book of Proverbs and that we have an obligation to one another to spur each other on toward love and and good deeds, to encourage one another all the more as you see it getting closer to the day and the day meaning Jesus's return. That's really the heart behind me saying, I'm going to share something that might seem a little bit of an off verse today. I'm older. Let me spur you on if I possibly can. If you can learn it from somebody else, that is fantastic. And why not? Why should the body of Christ not be about that kind of work? It's a good work. It's encouraging. I love to learn things from people who've gone before me who are further down the road in the faith. And they may be younger than me. It's not just an age thing. It's like, where are you at maturity-wise in your faith? So, um, and I'm not saying I'm more mature than anybody because I don't think that I am, but I do want to be able to say, if this encouraged me, I want to share it with you and maybe it'll encourage you. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's totally normal if you're reading your Bible and all of a sudden one day, some verse just kind of jumps out at you and encourages you. And you're like, oh, well, where did that come from? It, that's completely normal because when it comes to the Bible, remember it's living and active. The Word of God is living and active. It's able to separate between, um, you know, the bone and marrow. Like that's a fine degree of separation. It does its work perfectly, and so at the perfect time, you can expect a certain verse to be like, "Whoa, that jumped off the page at me. That really spoke to me." Right now, today, I've read that a lot of times before. I never had the same experience. That's fine. You are in a certain set of experiences right now, right, or circumstances right now that you weren't in even 10 minutes ago, right? If we're really honest, let alone 10 years ago, we can expect the unexpected when we're reading from the word of God. You can expect a certain verse to surprise you with conviction or encouragement or hope or or grace or bring you to tears or remind you to go pray for that certain person that you haven't thought of in a long time. We can expect that. It's not always the verses that we think are like the the standard verses that are encouraging that everybody knows. Every bit of the Bible can have a huge impact on us. So we should expect the unexpected in that sense. It's really remarkable to read 
here in Joshua chapter eight, what the Lord was saying to Joshua. It's like a, it's like a, a mic drop. It kind of stops us in our tracks in a way. Because when we see in the Bible, the Lord speaking to anyone, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And I don't think that Joshua took it lightly. Joshua was a listener. He was a learner. I think he listened well to the Lord, his God. He started off this verse. We read the beginning of this verse with the words, then the Lord said to Joshua. That like makes it personal, right? The Lord said to Joshua, don't forget that God is a personal God for you and for me. And in that enormous position that Joshua was in, of leadership, God was still personal to him. So if you have kind of a hard role, uh, if you're a parent, you have a leadership role in your family. Um, If you are a husband, you have a leadership role in your family. If you're serving in the church, you have a leadership role over whoever you are, are serving in a manner, right? If you are in the workplace and you have anybody who works kind of underneath of you, even if you're just like, you feel like I'm just an average person, have you trained anybody? Then you you have a position of leadership and you can expect God to speak to you at your point of need in that position of leadership. And that is a real need. That's what we would call a felt need, right? Like in the in the world of the creatives, this is important. This is important to remember that God is personal. He makes sure that you know what you need to know when you need to know it, so long as you're willing to listen. And it's helpful if we expect it and ask for it too. Okay, so here the Lord tells Joshua to take what was in his hand. I love that. Reminds me so much of what God said to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus chapter 4. What's in your hand? You know, here he says to Joshua, take the spear. That's what already was in his hand. For Joshua, it was a staff, a shepherding type of staff. And God used that, not just his 40 years shepherding in the desert, but when he went back to Egypt to lead those people out of bondage into freedom, which they kind of, you know, they're complaining and they're griping and they're doubting and they're that cost all of them. But two, Joshua and Caleb, the ability to step into that actual freedom. So for the next 40 years in the desert, the backside of a desert again, here's Moses using what was already in his hand, a, a shepherd's staff to shepherd his people. God cares about the shepherding of his people. And then now we have Joshua. He's got a spear in his hand. And the Lord says, take what's already in your hand, stretch it out toward Ai. So Ai is the city that they needed to take militarily next as they step into the promised land. God may very well tell us at times to pick something up or lay something down. He's God and he's Lord and he's Savior and he has the right of way in that aspect of our lives as well as others, right? So yeah, he can say, pick this up or lay it down, but that, you know, I have found so often in my life, he will ask us to use what's already in our hand. What's in your hand today? And this isn't random. I got to tell you, just yesterday, I spoke to just the sweetest group of ladies. And this is one of the things that God put on my heart to share with them. Because when I kind of prepare a message to speak, whether it's an online conference or um, this podcast or, or whatever, I just pray and say, God, would you, is there anything that you want to say? I, some people have like, I don't know, a few messages that they kind of recycle through and they tweak them here and there. And that's awesome. That's wonderful. I would do that if the Lord said to do that. But for me, I just had the sense that he wants me to ask him, what do they need to hear? And then I sketch out some ideas. And then from there, I begin to pray about it and write about it and tweak it and pray over it and write and tweak it, etc. And yesterday I spoke about what's in your hand to this sweet group of moms. And today 
Um, not by chance, because a long time ago, a long time ago, it was like, okay, this is what you're going to be talking about when you come off sabbatical and go back to the podcast. So like you're talking about, I don't know, eight weeks ago, that may not seem like a long time ago. But in the world of weekly podcasting, that's a long time ago. That's, that's a lot you're talking about, like, let's say, I don't know, 10 episodes ago. For this to land me to record on this exact thing, just a day after I spoke on it, and both of these things being the ideas that God gave me at very spread out apart different times to bring them together at the same time, that to me is just signs of the Lord working. This is a word that he wants shared right now. Not that anything that I say really matters, but that God's word matters. If God's word says that he's saying, what's in your hand today? Take a look at it. For me, it's often a book or a pen. You know, for a lot of us, a phone is in our hand a lot. I don't think that's what God means by this. We might need to put our phones down, hold up a second, ask him what would be in your hand if the phone were not in your hand. Like, um, And I'm not knocking anybody because I'm as guilty as the next person. I pretty much always know where my phone is. Um, there are times I leave it behind intentionally because I think that's beneficial. I may not take it with on errands. I grew up not having a phone with me. I'm okay without having it. I don't need to panic. I always try to leave it in the other room. When I was homeschooling, it needed to be in the other room because it was a distraction. Let's be honest. Um, it's So I'm as guilty as anybody, but sometimes just putting it down and thinking about what are the gifts and abilities God has given me? What do I love to do? What would be in my hand if it wasn't my phone? And just think about that for a little bit. So um, no judgment from me on this. I hope you hear that in my voice. But like, think about what might be in your hand if your phone wasn't. Joshua's answer, obviously, was a spear. What's a spear? Or what's the staff? What's the spear in your hand today? We're just comparing this to Joshua and Moses. What is the spear in your hand today? What would you say is a key part, an integral part of who you are? Who you really are? Not maybe who you've been told you are. We've all been told we are X, Y, Z by different people in life. Some of those good things, some of those bad things. Some went to our heads, some kind of were devastating to our self-esteem and our self-image. Okay, not who you've been told you are, who you really are. And certainly not what you feel like some expectation is on you to be. I think we've all dealt with expectations of who we ought to be being placed on us. Um, And not who maybe you want to be. Think about like a Pinterest-worthy, Instagram-worthy, like, ugh, who do you want to be? That's why I think I like TikTok, because it's super genuine, authentic, and real. And that's like almost embraced more on that platform than the put-together of Instagram or Pinterest. That I'm not talking about who you want to present yourself as to the world. Who are you really? As in like, who did God create you? to be? What is the spear that you're already holding that's a part of who you are, your God-created identity that's intended by God to be used for his kingdom purposes? Are we taking the things? I'm talking about all the varied and beautiful and amazing and incredible and sometimes complex things that are in all of our varied and beautiful and amazing lives. And are we pointing them at the enemy? That's what Joshua was pointing them at, at AI, the enemy, And then seeing God move there, right there in that place. Okay, are you like, oh, she's out there. She's nuts today. Like, what is she talking about? Or does this kind of get you a little bit excited? Like, yeah, God didn't create me haphazardly. I'm not a mistake. I'm not like useless in the kingdom. That's what I want it to do. I don't want it to sound like she is out there, right over my head. I want it to inspire you to go, you know what? Yeah, 
I actually matter in the kingdom of God because you do. The Lord loves me and gave me certain gifts and abilities because he loves me and he loves other people. And he wants me to play a part in his kingdom work of loving him and loving other people. That's where I want you to land with this, right? So, you know, it's like um, you're here to make a kingdom difference. You know what I mean? And so is the person podcasting, you know, on the, on the next channel over, if you would. And so is the other person leading a small group in addition to my small group. And so is my BFF and, and, and. Because you're here to make a difference. If you know Jesus personally, then you are here to make a difference. And if there's any part of you that feels kind of like, meh, uh, Jan's a little bit, eh, she's off today in this episode. She's she's reaching. She's stretching. Well, um, I, I, you know, if you're like, I don't think everybody's here to make a difference. That's a sweeping statement. That's too broad for me. I'm going to point you to the New Testament book of John, chapters 14, 15, 16 specifically. And if you're just to read John 15... I think you would have a really hard time not seeing that you and all who are in Christ, in Christ, saved, you know, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You've put, you've asked him to forgive your sins and you, you're banking it all. Like, I mean, I'm talking about eternity here. You're banking it all on Jesus's finished work on the cross and his resurrection power, right? Like if you're in Christ, you're here to make a difference for the kingdom of God. This is not beyond you. Because Jesus said this is the way it ought to be. Joshua had a call on his life. He had a calling. When it was time for him to step up, boom, he stepped up. Now, I don't see evidence in my Bible that he was trying to step up before it was time. He wasn't trying to, to usurp Moses' authority. But every time it was the right time for him to be there doing something, he was there ready and willing. You know, we've got enough info about Joshua and his life Beyond just the book of Joshua, we see him in Exodus and Deuteronomy and, and the book of Joshua. He was always ready because he was always willing to do what God said to do. So pointing that spear in the exact direction that the Lord told him to point it, that was, that was, that was just boom, what he was going to do. Because he already had the spear in his hand and he was used to obeying what the Lord asked him to do. The more that you do the things that God says to do, I'm talking about opening your Bible, reading it. I read it and I do it, right? The more things that you do that God says to do, the easier it is to keep doing the things that God says to do. Should I say that again? The more you do the things that God says to do, the easier it gets to keep doing the things God says to do. So what's the promise here? All right. If we skip ahead to verse 26 in chapter 8, it says this, For Joshua did not withdraw his hand, with which he stretched out the spear, until he had utterly destroyed the inhabitants of Ai. Joshua listened for the Lord, and then when the Lord spoke, he listened to the Lord. So he was listening for the Lord to speak, expecting. Now, some of us, when we pray, I got to be honest with you, we don't expect much of an answer. And that's really sad. That's really sad. I want us to pray and expect and to be like listening as we pray. In your prayer time, do you ever just silence yourself and listen? Just, just listen, just still yourself. Do you ever just like step aside from that prayer list and just praise the Lord? Just begin to thank him for all he's done in your life. Thank him for what you see. Like look around in creation. All creation is evidence of our God. Thank him and praise him. Just begin to praise him for who he is and what he's done. And then just listen. Man, it's a beautiful thing. And I think everybody should do that regularly. 
during their prayer time or as an addition to their prayer time. You can easily do that every day when you drive to work or, you know, twice a week or whatever, you know, um, a, a lunch hour. Like if you take it, you might pack your lunch and then just go sit in your car while you eat your lunch and just praise the Lord and listen for him to speak to you. These are just some ideas. You can do it before you fall asleep at night. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to quiet myself before the Lord, as David wrote. And I'm just going to listen for what he might say to me. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to do. Okay, so Joshua listened for the Lord, for the Lord. And then when the Lord spoke, he listened to the Lord and he obeyed. He did what the Lord said to do. And he finished it with totality not with partiality. Sometimes I finish with more partialness than totalness. And I'm really wrong when I do that. He finished it. He finished the thing. He just kept holding out that spear, the thing that was in his hand directly toward Ai, which was the next place that they were told by God to conquer. And he did not withdraw his hand until it was done. The word utterly fits what Joshua did here. You have something that you might need to be doing with like an utterly type of an attitude. Like, is there something that you just, you know, God wants you to do it, but you're doing it partially, but not totally. You know, that's okay. We're not, uh, what, what won't be okay though, is just to hear God's word and then keep on not doing that thing totally. Just don't be partial anymore. Be total. Be utterly. Like maybe in terms of like, think of your prayer life. Are you kind of praying, but you're holding back when you pray? Go all in with the Lord. Just trust me on this. Go all in with the Lord. Do it. Start with your prayer life. It's a great place to start. If you know he's called you to write a letter to somebody that you knew from 25 years ago, send an email, send a a, a message, a, a DM or via messenger or whatever, would you go ahead and do it? Do it utterly? No, don't be like, sometimes our partially is, I'm going to get around to that later. And we feel like, you know, we put a pin in it. It's a sticky note and it's over on the whatever. I put it on the cork board. I'm going to get around to it. Get around to it then. Does that make sense? Like, just go ahead and do the thing. Sometimes we have got to do the thing that God wants us to do And then the victory comes, right? That's the promise that I see here. Joshua had to do the thing. Take the spear in his hand, point it toward Ai, and keep refusing to withdraw his hand until the thing was done. Okay, yeah, that's the promise. That's when the victory came about. Not if it was like done haphazardly halfway or like, yeah, kind of, I'll just hold the spear and stand here and lean on it because it's kind of heavy to hold out my arm this long. I think I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm sure God will do it anyway. Now he did the thing. So you and I, sometimes we need to just do the thing. Like to not be so afraid anymore, to just do the thing. Like Jan, do the thing and do it utterly. To slay that beast of partiality in my life and just do that thing with some ferocity, with totality. I have a pretty good idea of what that looks like for my life right now. If you don't have any idea, pray and ask God if there's anything he really wants you to lean in and do. He might not. This might not be that kind of a season in your life. It just might not be. And that's okay. But if it is, and if you if you know that there's a thing that you need to do that you've been putting off or kind of doing half-heartedly, haphazardly, partially, just turn that thing around and do it utterly. Just get the utterly going in your life. Don't put that thing down just yet, my friend, whatever is in your hand, because God may have placed it in your hand for this exact season, for such a time as this, for such a time as this. 
that's referencing Esther 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 14, Esther 4, 14. Don't even lower it. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. That which the Lord has called you to point at the enemy, oh man, you just until that enemy and all the inhabitants of that enemy's domain are utterly destroyed. And in some cases, some of the inhabitants of the enemy's domain need to be set free. It is for freedom then that Christ set you free, says Galatians. And we have a work where we can, we, we are disciples who disciple others if we are following Jesus's mandate. Um, we're not people that get our freedom, receive freely from the Lord and get our freedom and then just don't care if anybody else gets freedom. No, no, no. You proclaim freedom for others because you have been set free. You disciple others because you are a disciple who cares about discipling others. That's the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. This is important. Sometimes there are there are those in the enemy's domain. The domain needs to be destroyed and they need to be set free. And you could be the one that God wants to use to do that. And who are you and I to say that, well, only one person got freedom. That wasn't worth it. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Don't ever minimize the work that God has called you to do. Take what's in your hand and use it until God's work has been like utterly completed in that arena. Keep pointing your spear at AI And don't drop your arm. Don't even lower your arm a teeny little bit. Do what the Lord is calling you to do. Make giving up a non-option. This is non-negotiable. There's no room for giving up or quitting in your life. That's not what your walk with the Lord looks like. Believe that that utterly will come as you do the pointing at the enemy with what's already in your hand for God's kingdom. Isn't that a great promise? I think it really is. I hope you have been encouraged by this episode today. I'm so glad to be back with you post-sabbatical. I'm doing pretty well. I've learned a lot. I've still got a ways to go in applying all these things. Trust me. I thought like six weeks would be plenty of time to get this stuff under control. Trust me when I say um, I needed that six weeks and still a lot of this stuff is not as cemented as it should be. But I'm feeling pretty good and I'm really super thankful and glad, glad, glad more than you know to be back here with you on the podcast. So be in Joshua in this generation and just see what God might do. I'm going to see you back here next time for episode 125, which is pretty cool, pretty amazing. And almost like for me, a little bit hard to believe 125. That's amazing. So thanks for being here today. Lord bless you. I'm praying for you. And as always, you know, you can find me on the interwebs. You really can reach out to me. You can um, leave a comment on wherever you listen. Actually, probably not wherever you listen to the podcast because I can't check comments on every single platform. That would be weird. But you can always email me. It's just my name, J-A-N, middle initial L-B-U-R-T at outlook.com. People email me regularly. I read them all. If you have a prayer request, you better believe I write it down on my prayer sheet and I pray over that. Sometimes it takes me a minute to get a response sent to you because I I find that I have to like, you know, batch working is really great. Like, so there's email response day. and But just know that if you email me, I do read it. I do pray over it. Your kind words and your encouragement, they bless me more than you know and give me kind of fuel in my tank to keep going, even on the hard days. And uh, I will get back to you if you've emailed me recently. I promise I will. Lord bless you. So glad to be back. I'll see you back here next week for episode 125. Have a fantastic day and trust the Lord to do amazing things when you yield whatever is in your hand to him for his kingdom purposes. All right. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day, and remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.